0: This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 505 with Kelly Altman. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 505. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. This episode is brought to you by Homeschool Magnet. If you are a parent who homeschools or a parent who's considering homeschooling, you definitely want to go check out Homeschool Magnet's amazing program and all the ways that they can support you and your child's learning. Go to homeschoolmagnet.com and join the growing waitlist. Kelly Altman is a certified health coach, a fitness business owner, and a shameless mom to four kids ages 14, 12, 8, and 2. Growing up overweight and lacking energy, she fell in love with exercise and the way it made her feel in her twenties and became an accidental entrepreneur when she and her husband Jay started a fitness business in 2010. After taking a backseat to the business when her third child was born, it was only then that she started to realize how much of her own thoughts, feelings, and desires were taking a backseat in so many aspects of her life. She knew something needed to change when her physical and mental health were suffering, and she was ready to play by her own rules, including stopping endless cycles of off-and-on-again dieting that she had manifested when she became the face of a fitness business. She became a health coach to help busy women see that in their life, there is nothing more important than their physical and mental health and that they can put themselves first when they need and want to show up for everyone else. Through her one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and her new online course, she helps women upgrade their lifestyle by forming their own rules around eating, exercise, and daily habits so that they can gain energy and the confidence that they desire. Kelly is someone I've known since 2010. You'll hear us talk about it when we get kicked off here. We met through the fitness industry. We've been crisscrossing paths ever since then. And it's been so delightful. She's been a part of the Shameless Mom Academy since it began. She's been in Momentum Mamas and now she's in Tenacious Mamas. It's so, so fun to see her growing her business and evolving her business as she evolves as a woman and as a mom and as a leader. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. So listening to hear Kelly share the impact of moving 13 times in her childhood and how it helped her build resiliency, her compromise to work at a job that she didn't like in order to keep medical benefits for her daughter's Health condition when she had her first child, how she left corporate in order to help her husband grow their fitness business, how diet culture damaged her while she was trying to sell diet programs, how her dieting compromised her fertility, her shift from following others' leads to becoming a leader in her own right, how she asked her husband for support and not permission in building her own dreams. The gift of COVID, how she has totally shifted her business to position herself as a leader and be in total alignment with her core values, especially in the last year. The most important thing that you can do to make change, and how to put yourself first even with a ton of people counting on you. This is a fun conversation. I know you're going to learn, you're going to be inspired. Kelly's energy is contagious, so you will be fired up by the end of this. Not by the end, you'll be fired up like right when we get started. So with all that, let's welcome Kelly Altman to the Shameless Mom Academy. Kelly, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm super excited to have you. Hi, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. So I have to tell everyone how we know each other because it goes so far back. (laughs) We know each other through the fitness industry because we were at an event. Was it in 2010 or maybe 2009? I think it was in 2010 or 2011. I think. Yeah. Okay, so we were at a fitness event, a conference for fitness businesses. And we were at the same table, right? Mm Hmm. Okay, we sat at the same table for like the day. And I totally hit it off with you and your husband. And then I think because it was right around that time that I had launched my fit healthy moms online program, my online blog workout programs for moms. So we kind of connected through there as well. And then we just stayed connected. But then you connected with me through the Shameless Mom Academy and became a member of Momentum Mamas and then Tenacious Mamas and now I get to be your business coach and it's so much fun <laughs> and so yes it
1: is so much fun and Sarah I will just say that when we entered into the fitness business I just really admired all of the work that you were doing with fit healthy moms and then when Jay was in the mastermind with you he would always say you just have to meet you would just you know or like get to know you better because we're so great at everything that you did and so I'm excited that this has connected us even more
0: I know I know it's so fun okay so I want you to tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what your Most excited about right now in a pandemic in 2010 we're recording like 10 days before the election i mean so much to be excited about
1: (laughs) absolutely and we just got like five to seven inches of snow in october in minnesota so all of the things about 2020 i do i live outside of minneapolis minnesota with my husband and i have four kiddos that are 14 12 almost eight and two And I think that what I'm most excited about right now is just such a mix of the momentum that I'm seeing in my work right now, how all of that has shifted and new opportunities that have come probably because of the pandemic. And then just also kind of being in that sweet spot with my kids right now, because they're fun, they're home a lot, but we're seeing the dynamics of their relationships changing and growing and just watching their personalities kind of evolve is really fun for me right now too.
0: So fun. I mean, that's like the blessing and the curse of COVID is that you are getting to know your children in such deeply connected ways, which is a lot. It's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot. And also you're like, there's these moments of magic that you know you wouldn't otherwise have that just feels so awesome. And so like the, the extremes are real. <laughs>
1: Yes, 100%. I've thought recently, you know, I've never had the opportunity of seeing how my son learns math, which is both a blessing some days and a curse some days. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> okay, I want you to tell me or tell us about growing up. So I've shared this on the show before. I, My mom and dad bought a house when I was two and my mom did not sell that until she retired, I think at 65, 66 or something, a little bit after she retired. So I never moved. I never had a big transition until I went to college and that was extremely traumatic. You, on the other hand, moved 13 times before you went to college. So, for you, going to college was just like another Saturday. And for me, going to college was a traumatic event. So, I'm so fascinated by this. Can you talk about the impact of moving 13 times, such a young age, and how that shaped who you were then and also who you've become?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, it is crazy. I am the oldest of four kids and my dad had a very traditional corporate job where every time that he was, you know, offered a promotion, that would mean that our family would have to move. And so at different times when I was really young, I just thought it was another adventure. And then obviously as I got to be a little bit older and I started to have closer friends and especially moving into middle school and high school, it became a lot harder, but I sort of always did. My family was really great about having it be like that adventure, you know, something that would always tell us exactly what we could look forward to in this new place we were living and Try to make it really, really fun. But I think that what I notice from looking back at that experience is, number one, it did make me feel like I was pretty darn resilient, like I have done this before and I can do it again. And you're totally right. Like going to college for me was nothing. It was just, okay, yep, I'm doing this again. I've started over a ton of times. I know how to do this. Not really that big of a deal. But when I think about it now, like as an adult, and I reflect back, I also realized that each time that I moved, I would kind of move into a place and I didn't have a ton of confidence about, you know, how to how to break in, I would find my friend or my two friends and be pretty comfortable right there. But I always sort of just followed along with things. I didn't want to call too much attention to myself. And so that was sort of the way that I just kind of got by. And that even carried through, I think, until a little bit later in my life. So I've had to kind of look back on that now. But it really was, I mean, especially during this pandemic, is I keep thinking about the resilience that I learned as a young kid and how I'm like, okay. I've done this before, things change. I completely accept that the only thing that will ever be constant in my life is change, and so I'm just gonna roll with it, right? I love that, yeah. Yeah. But the other part of it, Sarah, that I think is a little interesting to point out is I always remember thinking, I wonder if this will make me want to keep moving every couple years of my life and I'll never really understand how to settle down. Or if this will make me find a place that I love and like settle there forever. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And mine has been that ladder. Like When I landed in Minnesota, I decided that I loved it. I wanted to raise a family here and we built our business here and it kind of did give us that community and that family and we're here. We have no interest in leaving.
0: (laughs) So interesting. Yeah. How you like to totally opposite experiences that you the one you were raised in versus the one you created for your kids. Yes. So I do worry a little bit about them when they go to college. But, you know, <laughs> I'll just warn you that when you drop them off at college, they will lay on the ground and cry like I did. <laughs> Don't
1: <look at> <laughs> well, they are living through a pandemic. So I'm pretty sure they're learning
0: something about resilience, right? They're now. already more resilient than me. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, So I know that you've been through a lot of personal and professional transitions since becoming a mom. And so can you give us a little overview around that and let us know when it was that you realized that you needed to make some big changes in how you were operating your life? Yeah, absolutely. So
1: I will talk first a little bit about my journey into motherhood because it kind of starts back just because my work has been so much in fitness that I will mention that I met my husband in a gym like we were both working at a gym I did sales for a gym and he was a personal trainer and so I knew I grew up and I gained a lot of weight right around the time of my adolescence and I grew up pretty overweight unhealthy and in college I found fitness and fell in love with that and that really became a passion of mine so out of college I went to work for a big health club and loved it I did sales and that's where I met my husband a couple years after being friends we started dating guys Got married, and he started a personal training business. So the reason I mentioned that is because my journey into motherhood was also coupled with knowing that my husband was self-employed and at the time I needed to have a more stable job that provided insurance for our family. And so I went to work for a software company to kind of in air quotes, like take one for the team, like do what I needed to do so that I could provide the insurance for the family. When I was about six months pregnant with my first child, we learned of some health complications. She was diagnosed with a coarctation of the aorta, which meant that she would have to have heart surgery when she was born and several, a few other things that they were looking at. And so I think for me, for several years, the first maybe four or five years of motherhood, it was really coupled with that kind of concerned that I needed to be doing what I needed to do for the corporate, to work for a corporation and provide the insurance for my family because my daughter had those needs, right? She she was born with pre-existing conditions. And so it was scary for me the first, you know, year of her life, but once she was actually born, we were really shocked at how strong she was and how she could get through these surgeries and then she developed in the way that she was supposed to and so but it really was that first couple years of just feeling like i had to do a certain thing but i was kind of miserable at that job. I was surrounded by great people, which always helps, but I didn't like that each day I sat at a desk and had to do something that I wasn't passionate about at all. And to be like quite frank, I didn't really understand at all. I was working for a software company that I really had like, absolutely no idea how this could help people. But I 100% knew how my husband was helping people because each day he would come and pick me up from work. Like maybe he'd take me to lunch while I was pregnant. And he'd tell me about how he was changing people's lives and all these wonderful things he was doing in his fitness business. And I would just sit there and cry and be like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this. This is not where my passion lies. And so a lot of early motherhood was that feeling like, oh my gosh, I, have to do these things, but I
0: don't want to do these
1: things to support the family.
0: And that's, I think that what's interesting is that and we'll get to this, you didn't stay there. And right, I think that so many people stay in that state in that place. Because if you have a child and you need health, I mean, not even if you have a child, if you need health insurance, and also have a health, a child with some unique health needs, mm-hmm. of course, that's the the decision that you're going to make. And so I can only imagine how trapped that would have felt or you would have felt. And to watch your partner love their work <laughs> would be like, a little bit bitter.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I would cry. And I'm like, no, tell me more. I'm not mad at you. I'm just really like, I get it, you know? And so that was, yeah, it was really tough. And I did, I stayed there for five years. And so it felt like a really long time.
0: I swear it's like, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS. S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S. AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So when did you know that you wanted to make a change and when how did you get out of that job? Yeah, so
1: it really was. It was about 2010. It was when, and I've heard you talk about it because we were at the same conference, but it was, we, he said to me, he started training a group or two of women that were working for a company. And he was coming home having so much fun. He said, you know, I've done one-on-one personal training, but now I've got these five or six women that work together and I'm going in and they're bonding and there's camaraderie and it's just, there's so much more energy. I could really see this being something vibe That like you could come in on and be a part of, and so he said, "Would you want to be? Would you want to run a fitness business? Would you want to like legitimately quit your job and be a like group trainer?" I said, "Yes, absolutely, of course I would." And so he took me to a fitness business conference in. California. We went out there and he was, you know, we just watched the whole presentation. We thought about the possibilities. We figured out if that could work for us and we just did it. We just literally within three or four months, we asked a a local dance studio if we could rent space from them. And we just started putting out flyers and talking to people that we knew and we just did it. And I did not, I will say, I did not quit my corporate job for a solid year after we started it, but it was really that. And I think sitting in that room, realizing that my then four-year-old and two-year-old would be going to kindergarten at some point in the future. And I didn't want to be, I wanted to be able to see them get on the bus. I wanted to be there when they got home. I wanted to create more flexibility and more of a lifestyle so that my husband wasn't the one only getting to have all of those experiences.
0: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So I know we had really, because we learned from the same people, we had really similar fitness businesses and fitness business models. And I know that the things that I ended up really not liking about my fitness business model and that did not align with me by the time I sold my gym and basically like selling shrinking bodies is something that also you struggled with alignment with. And maybe I'll let you kind of share your journey with that because I don't, I think that we both kind of initially were like, oh my gosh, this is such a great way to build a business. And then we were like, oh, but this is weird. T- like selling this as a, like, all women should be shrinking their bodies and I should make a lot of money off of that. Um, so, can you talk a little bit about then getting into the business and what that was like for you personally as you were going through programs with your clients and the different shifts that you had within all of that?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. 100%, Sarah. And I recognized it right away. But I will say that right away, a little part of my personality and I'll talk about this but before was I had mentioned I kind of went along with things and so when my husband was saying let's start this let's trust in these people a lot of my personality was okay yes they must know way better than me and so I'm just gonna go along with whatever they're saying to do and right away I remember it was more geared towards just maybe a different demographic a different place in the world that people live but a lot of the marketing was about like having a hot body on the beach. Well, I live in Minnesota and everybody's in a parka and I didn't think (laughs) that hot bodies under, you know, but it didn't resonate at all. And I was always saying to my husband, like, I think we need to change that message. Like, I don't like that. It just doesn't feel like us, right? But at the same time, we were seeing that the market right away, when you're starting a fitness business, there was a lot of excitement about, you know, 28 day fat loss diet plans. Right. And so we did those. And then I did those. And, you know, coming from a place where I'd had two kids, I was working a corporate job and now I was All of a sudden, the face of a fitness business. I mean, I mentioned earlier, I grew up about 50 pounds overweight. And it was not until I started, you know, exercise and running and just doing different things that I really fell in love with that. But even up to that point, I had really struggled to maintain one body weight for a really long time. You know, I had kind of dabbled, I was either on a a diet or off a diet and fluctuating, you know, all the time. And so when we started the business, I thought, Oh, my gosh, I have to look the part I have to, you know, people will expect me to be ripped and to be, you know, if anybody saw me at Costco buying ice cream or anything, that would be such a no no. So I just all of a sudden, I also have
0: I have to interject that the people we were being coached by also made this a point and they actually still do from what I've seen on social media. that like, if you want to be a good trainer, like you got to look the part. And I felt like that was a very insidious message and very potentially damaging message. Not potentially, it was a damaging message. And that these two men who were coaching people how to build fitness businesses that mainly served women, very predominantly served women, Mm -hmm. were teaching us all how to build businesses that were so toxic in so many ways. And as trainers, we were like victimized by our own programs.
1: Oh, 100%. Yes. And so I just thought, and I really didn't know any differently. I just kind of went along with it. And I'm like, okay, I have to be really lean. And I should always be on the diet program that I'm telling people that they should be doing. And what I learned about that period of my life is, oh my gosh, I was able to get Pretty lean, especially for my genetics and for what I was supposed to do. But it came at the risk of not only my physical health, but my mental health. I developed disordered eating patterns that I never realized before, right? If it was, I I was pretty good about eating for energy and eating healthy foods for such a long time. And then all of a sudden, in this model, I became where one brownie would turn into the whole pan because it was a day off. (laughs) I'm thinking, hmm, I don't know if I would have done that had I been able to allow myself brownies whenever I wanted it. I didn't even know that that could exist. And the other thing that happened during that time was my body was reacting. And I think at that point, it was about 2012. We'd been in the business for about two years and it was growing and I had already quit my corporate job to go into it full time. But from the extensive dieting and probably the stress of all of it, I stopped getting my period for probably six months and we were trying to have another baby. And that was huge. I mean, I don't know if that's anything that I've even shared publicly up until this point, but. My body didn't like being at that weight, but in my mind, I thought that's what I had to do. And so that was just completely shut off. And looking at it now, I think, oh my gosh, that's a huge warning
0: sign that I'm not doing the right things for my body. This episode is supported by my very own 2021 Plan and Prep Pajama Party. So this is the third annual Plan and Prep Pajama Party, and I'm definitely the most excited for this one because we need this. We need to be able to close the door on 2020 and put the lock on it and say goodbye, and then take the things, take what we've learned and what we can honor about 2020 in terms of new skills that we've acquired, in terms of new talents that we have that we never knew we needed or wanted, and use those moving forward into 2021. We also need to give ourselves permission to dream a little bit, right? Maybe it's been a minute since you let yourself dream. So let's come together on January 17th for my three-hour workshop where we will work together to define your year. We will work together for you to formulate your simple yet very strategic action plan that will light you up and allow you to step into a place where you feel hopeful and positive positive. And fired up, let's be honest. Like, let's get a little bit fired up about moving forward. And this is how you're gonna do it. You're gonna join me with a bunch of other shameless moms, and we are going to look at how do you wanna feel this year? What do you want to open the door to? What do you want to close the door on? What do you want to make happen this year? And how can you put yourself back in the driver's seat as we enter 2021 in a way that feels full of purpose and power and also allows you to feel a little bit more positive than maybe you've let yourself feel in the last handful of months. So join me on January 17th. You can sign up by going to shamelessmom.com slash pajama party. That's shamelessmom.com slash pajama party to reserve your spot. Please know that space is limited. I can only get so many people on a zoom call at once. So please do grab your spot before we fill up. That's shamelessmom.com slash pajama party. How did you grapple that? Because when you're in, because I've been in these phases of disordered eating there's times when you're like, Oh, but it's working. So we're good. But then you have this like competing goal of but I want to get pregnant. And so Mm. how did you grapple that in your mind? Well, that was exactly it. I remember talking to my husband about it
1: and really feeling like it wasn't an obvious choice at the time, which is so, I don't know. I almost feel sad for that part of me because now I have my eight-year-old son that if I had chosen leanness forever, then he would not be here. And it was really just that conversation with Jay and saying, this is what I want. And he said, well, then you know what you need to do. And I said, you th-. and then I would try to place the blame on something else. Maybe it's just stress or maybe it's not that. And then sure enough, I said, okay, I'm going to completely stop this. I'm going to gain 10 pounds. And wouldn't you know, it all came back and within a couple of months we were pregnant. And so it was more after the fact that I started to say, wow, I really, I can't keep that up. That wasn't right. And I never did go back to that way again.
0: I love it. I mean, it's fascinating and it speaks so much to the culture that we're in that you, the idea of having to gain 10 pounds in order to get pregnant is a scary thing. I know. Like that shouldn't be, I can gift my body this and this can be like this, you know, fun phase of indulgence in my life and instead it's like terrifying like grip you know gripping with fear and worry and like will it be worth it and maybe it's not the right choice
1: <laughs> right and when i look back now i think you know i know i mean that there are people that suffer with this kind of thinking for years and years and years and decades right and i feel lucky that I sort of that this was that it happened in the stage of my life that it did where it was maybe the result of fertility and things like that I knew because bouncing out of it after maybe two years was a lot easier than if this had been decades of my
0: life right absolutely yeah so what has it been like to be a part of your husband's business journey so he the the gym was his baby, or the him being in the fitness industry was like that was his baby and you talk about like following other people following you know joining along right and being excited about it but it wasn't your vision it wasn't your dream at least in the beginning can you talk a little bit about what it or has been like to be a part of his journey and i know at a certain point you realized that you had dreams that were different and what does that look like
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that, you know, getting out of corporate and starting the gym with him, like 100% did also become my dream. But what is interesting is just the two of us working together, just that dynamic of, you know, husband and wife. It, it's wonderful in so many ways, because we, you know, would share kind of a, a shared vision. And we all we both get all the benefits of it for our family and all of those things. However, very quickly, when we started, it, we realized that, like, there would be one leader and one follower because
0: we're both oldest children of families. We are. (laughs) Yeah. So my husband's the youngest and I'm an oldest. And so, so you can imagine how much bossing around I do. (laughs)
1: Right. Well, and so that's the thing with both Jay and I is that mine was pretty suppressed for a little while. But once I started, it's like we neither one of us really like to be told what to do. We're very independent. We both like to kind of take the reins. And so right away, everything, you know, in the honeymoon phase of anything like in our business, it was great. We were in it together. I learned very quickly, though, that he's a dreamer. Like he loves, he's a visionary and he's a dreamer. And I am a taskmaster, I'm a doer. So he'd have these huge dreams, I would just take care of it all. And then everything would be great, right? Until said taskmaster wants to get her own ideas, and then becomes, you know, obviously, overloaded with too many tasks and nobody else to do them. So it's been an evolution. And I think that like we mentioned that a lot of the messaging after a few years just started to really not resonate with me. And so the more like after my third child was born, I stepped back from the business a little bit. We hired a manager and Jay and the manager pretty much ran it but I still wanted to be involved because I loved it. And so I became somebody they just told what to do. <laughs> and that was probably the biggest shift, Sarah, in me realizing that like, I really wanted a voice in this business. I had been just taking direction and just following what everybody else was saying. And I, had ideas of my own and I wasn't feeling in alignment with the messaging that we were using anymore. And so that's when I decided, I thought, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to sort of create my own business on the side that works in conjunction with the boot camp and the fitness business we had created. And I went and got certified as a health coach and I learned so much during that process, mostly just about myself, about how I had been following for so long following diet plans, probably since I was 13 years old on and off and the, the diet plans and the programs of everything about business that I thought I really need to dive into. What is it that I want? Because I truly had, I had felt lost in motherhood, reacting to everything about being a mom to three kids, being a business owner with my husband. I just felt for probably two years, just like I was following along, following everything, not knowing what I really wanted because I didn't take the time to think too much about myself.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense in a lot of ways. And especially if that's there's a pattern to that. Yeah, that you just do that in every circumstance without even realizing it. And then all of a sudden you wake up, you know, in your mid 30s and you're like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) wait, wait a minute.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And I think it was it was like right before I turned 40. And I was just like, wait a second. I don't really know what I want to do in my free time. I don't really know what I want to eat for breakfast. If I could eat anything in the whole world, I don't really know how I would love to exercise if I could just do whatever I wanted. Right. And so I really started just diving into that. And then I thought there are so many people that just come to me and say, just tell me what to eat. Just tell me what to eat. And I think, what do you even like to eat? What do you like to do? Like we've got to start exploring that more because the more I did learn about self-trust, I started to realize back, then that I really didn't have much of it I just wanted somebody to tell me what to do and then I'd go ahead and be fine doing it and so that was the huge shift for me and that's why I went and I got certified as a health coach and I thought this is amazing I'm just gonna help ask women questions to help them explore give them tools that I know are out there to help them not only eat differently if they're looking for a different type of energy but I want to lead with energy because I know that the reason and I don't, you know, eat donuts every morning and have coffee for breakfast is because of the way I'm going to feel, not just only the way that I would look, right? I mean, that's not it. It's all about the way that we feel, the way that we show up, what gives us our best energy because that's our asset.
0: Yes. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should Payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earnin In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC.
2: Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter free.
0: This is like the burning question. So how do you start separating yourself from this business that you have built with your husband in order to create something on your own?
1: Yes. So, it's really interesting. This was the first time that I ever practiced what I later heard you coach a lot about, but I asked for support versus permission and I just did it. To be honest, I don't know if I regret it now. Like, I know I probably could have asked if I could take the certification program and then I thought of all of the different things that, you know, he had gone for in his like coaching and entrepreneurship that he just purchased. And so I just did it. I just said, I have a passion to do this. And I know that when I have a passion to do something, I will be successful. And so I just started it. And I said, this will be a great asset to our business. However, I would like something that is my own as well.
0: I love it. Cause I know that when did you get done with your health coaching certification?
1: Yeah, so I got done
0: with my health coaching
1: certification in 2016. Okay. So it was kind of the end of 2016. So in 2017, the other big story here is that in 2017, I was ready, Sarah. You may remember this journey. I totally reached remember to this. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to like rock my own business, and Jay was running the gym, and I had all these clients that I had said I want to practice with you, and people were paying me for my you know
0: expertise, and. As a health coach, not for like a bikini body.
1: Exactly. (laughs)
0: Like you had made the shift.
1: Oh, my gosh. And I was so excited. And I just had all these things in place. And I'll never forget Jay and I in November of 2017. We went to Tony Robbins unleashed the power within and we came back just on fire, like lit up with all these ideas about how I was finally going to be able to like step into my career after all these years of, you know, splitting between the business with him and motherhood. And I found out I was pregnant. Like, literally the day before my 42nd birthday which we were not expecting and we had the cap was three we were done (laughs) and then I had my bonus baby and so
0: that just changed things oh my goodness I remember being on a call we were like on a group call and (laughs) he's like So my goals are shifting a little (laughs) as it turns out I'm pregnant, which also this is like not an uncommon thing to happen in my group. (laughs) Like, I mean, obviously I work with moms, so there's a lot of planned pregnancies, but it is interesting how like (laughs) as when I was in the gym environment, this happened, like someone would come in and they'd be like, I'm finally ready, I've been waiting for five years, but I'm finally ready, I'm gonna commit to a gym membership and a program and I'm so excited. And then they would get the flu the next week or they would like break a leg or like crazy things would happen and they're like, but I just got ready to commit to like a thing for me and now like the universe is throwing me this curveball." And now this is what I see happen in the Shameless Mom Academy where people are like, my kids are finally old enough, I can do my own thing, I can have some independence and then they're like, oh my God, I got pregnant and that was not planned. And that's like, you know, I've struggled with infertility. So it's not to say that there, it's not a blessing, but also that's a lot to wrap your head around when you're not planning it. And so there's that internal struggle and you can speak to this a little bit about like, well, I probably should be grateful, but also like, holy crap, what is gonna happen now?
1: Exactly, and it just was. I mean, it takes a little bit of time of just going, oh my gosh, that vision that I had has just shifted. Right. And to not say that in that beginning, it's the hormones and all that you're dealing with, you don't feel good and you're getting all of this on top of it. And so I just remember um, reaching out to you and knowing, I mean, I think just knowing so much back then that like what I needed was community, that community and support and all of that is so crucial. And so I just really doubled down on saying this does not always it doesn't have to look like motherhood used to look for me like with the first child with the second child just because each time i had a baby before it took me about a year year and a half to crawl out of you know that the newborn stage is that this time i really can use what i know about boundaries and my own mental stamina and energy and all of those things to just make it work way better for me than what I had done in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing. The biggest lesson from that is I did. She, I went through the pregnancy. I never paused anything in my business. I did it exactly how I wanted to do it. And I got a lot better at just asking
0: for help. This episode is supported by Homeschool Magnet. So who has been trying to homeschool this year? Or maybe you're not homeschooling, but your child's doing distance learning and it's just not working homeschooling might be the next right step for you. But here's the thing, when you think about homeschooling, do you feel totally overwhelmed because you think about having to like take on all the roles of a teacher that you maybe have no expertise in? I get it. Totally get it. So here's how Homeschool Magnet can help you. Homeschool Magnet supports homeschooling families by providing students with instruction from world-class credentialed teachers in remote classrooms with their peers. So the coolest part is that parents get to choose the best teachers for their students based on, for their children, based on their values and the teaching approach to ensure that every child is receiving exactly the education that they desire. Distance learning, it's a little different. And for you to be able to go and pick out your children's teachers and make curriculum choices that are in alignment with what your kid needs right now can make all the difference in their online virtual learning experience. This puts the parent in full control of your child's education, but without the daily responsibilities of being a homeschool parent where you are responsible for lesson planning and pre-learning curriculum and teaching curriculum and then tutoring and grading everything. With Homeschool Magnet, each student receives instruction in the four core subject areas of math, English, language, arts, science, and social studies. And they also put kids together in rooms where they can have virtual social environments as well, where you get to have a virtual homeroom style group. You also get to come together on calls for socialization and fun with friends. Homeschool Magnet gives you the freedom and the control of homeschooling without the burden. And it's only a fraction of the cost of private schools. And they have a 30-day money-back guarantee plus you only enroll for one semester at a time. So this gives you a chance to try it out, see how it works, and then make decisions from there. If you wanna check it out, go to homeschoolmagnet.com and you can join their waiting list. Just go to homeschoolmagnet.com, click on the waiting list button in the upper right corner. Note that you've heard about them on a podcast. There's a little drop-down menu and you'll get all the information that you need. That's homeschoolmagnet.com. That speaks so much to like this emergence of you as a leader, just to like take charge of your own reality and decide like, this is how I'm doing it this time, rather than like, I'm just going to kind of follow suit how I've done it before or fit into like this mold that now your husband has seen you do three times and probably expects you to do it the same way the fourth time yeah, and or not expects, but like would assume that you would do it the fourth, the same, um, the fourth time. So can you talk about. We it's funny watching this. So you had Taylor, and oh my gosh, I mean, I love that you say you doubled down on like showing up for yourself because you have like you never miss a call in any of our communities. If your are like every call, all the I'm like if anyone has an excuse to miss a call, it's the kid, the woman with the four kids. <laughs> and You're like all the things, and I know that you were just getting ready again, like after Taylor's born, you're getting ready to get into your own stuff again. And then COVID hit and like, the world gets thrown flipped upside down again. So what has COVID done for your business? And what are you really the most proud of from this strange time?
1: Yeah, it has. Well, it's been crazy. So we own a physical, you know, brick and mortar fitness business or boot camp that had to close down. And March 16th, we had to close it and just pivot everything online. And so we did that very, very quickly. And because in the beginning, we thought it was going to be two weeks, right? So that was no big deal. We just said, okay, everybody, we're going to meet on Zoom and we're going to do that. But Really, it was just knowing that as soon as COVID hit, it's like that doubling down of anything, we had to double down on community, on keeping our people together. So we started implementing things like a daily huddle just to connect with everybody that we were used to seeing in the gym every single day. And so we'd connect with our trainers and our members. And that went away after probably two and a half, three months, but it was really nice to just keep that going. And then we created new programs which was incredible. It made me be extremely creative about what kind of challenges would our members like so that they could keep going and keep that momentum and feel like they were still connected. Because I know from being a health coach and owning a fitness business that a lot of this, like when the pandemic happened, people just hold up in their home. They thought, well, now I have no reason to not eat unhealthy food and drink a bottle of wine every single night. So that was real. And um, having that connection to knowing I am a fit person who looks forward to my workouts and that's not how I wanna feel day to day, was really crucial. So we created online workout programs, live classes for young girls, ages 10 to 14. I created a strong girls club through Altman Fitness. We've been keeping our memberships online. We've actually decided due to COVID, and this was just one of those blessings of something that I had felt was very out of alignment for me. Each year and each year that would go on, it would get more and more out of alignment, but we used to do a six-week body transformation challenge, which was exactly that competitive, lose as much weight as you possibly could in six weeks, absolutely doing measurements and all of that, and the winners would be the ones that could lose the most amount of weight. and every time I would just see these people like have no idea how to have a lifestyle, how to eat like, you know, forever kind of. And it was really celebrating who could just lose the most amount of weight, not celebrating who could keep that weight off and, and commit to it. So I completely revamped over the time of COVID our that program and created a six-week online program called the Lifestyle Upgrade Challenge, which focuses on six key areas of lifestyle to upgrade. And it is probably the thing that I am the most proud of COVID because I've really shifted even how my audience starts to think
0: about their health yeah, and their body and the choices and their habits. Yes. Oh my gosh. So we were on our coaching call two days ago. And you were telling me about like the kind of the pillars of the program. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, yes. Like, this is so good. This is exactly, if I was still in fitness, this is exactly what I would, or in health coaching, this is exactly what I would create. Like, it's so, it's such a brilliant progression and evolution out of diet culture into the mindset work that's really necessary to fuel one's life habits. And so I'm so excited that you're doing it and that you're doing that, but that you're also really taking ownership of being a leader. And I love that you can see, and I think this is one of the really, maybe this is like something that happens with aging, but we look at like, we start looking back at trends in our life and we can see like, oh, I can see that, you know, for the first 40 years of my life, I tended to be someone who did X, Y, and Z. And that's not really what I want my legacy to be or how I want to show up or that hasn't actually been feeling good or fueling me as much and then to be able to shift into something new. And I see you really noticing that and shifting that within yourself around like going from being more of a follower and recognizing and holding space for someone else's dreams and shifting into being a leader and building your own dreams and not really looking for, I mean, not looking for anyone's permission and also not needing other people to approve or validate it.
1: Yes, 100%. I love every single thing that you said. And while you were talking, I was also thinking another huge driver for me in all of this is I know that my teenage daughters are watching and that is huge. And if there is one thing that I always talk to, you know, moms about that I coach is that there is literally nothing better that you can do for your children than show up as the happiest and healthiest version of yourself.
0: Yeah. I totally, totally agree. Can you talk about what you believe is the most important thing that someone can do to make change?
1: Yes. I love this question because I think a lot of people will come to me and they'll say, well, what's the number one thing that I can do to you know, change my body or change my life or or change this or that? And honestly, I used to probably say, oh, you could drink more water and you could do this kind of exercise or eat this way. But I don't believe that it's that. I believe it really truly is paying attention just paying attention to what you're actually doing. Because for so many years, Sarah, I really, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention to how my breakfast made me feel. I wasn't paying attention to how the thoughts in my head about how my husband was leading a business was making me feel right. Like I wasn't paying attention to all of the signs and all of the things that I could control. And so that is what I always tell people when they ask what they should do. We go through different scenarios and I say, just pay attention. Do you like this? What do you like? What do you think? What are the thoughts that stop you? Where what's working? What's not working right? We just do a lot more explore, like exploration and pay attention to your own self.
0: Yeah. I was thinking there's a lot of that, right? Pay attention to your own self and don't compare yourself to everybody else. (laughs) Right. You had you, one of the examples you gave earlier was around eating breakfast and you're about like, well, what do I even want to eat for breakfast? And it's so interesting because I think that for women, especially and women who've been in diet culture their whole lives, when I think so many of the choices that we tend to make are like very thoughtless and not attentive choices. And so you're like, oh, I really love like three egg whites every morning. But then you're like, wait, do I really love three egg whites every morning? Or exactly, am I just like not thinking about it? And what do you really love? I noticed recently... I don't typically eat a ton of eggs, but I was eating eggs. I've gotten in the habit of making them more on the weekends because in my mind, making eggs is a production, which I understand. It's like a two-minute production, but that's a production. So I make them more on the weekends, and I was eating eggs the other morning and toast with butter on it. And I was like, this is so interesting that this is very fulfilling to me to like dip my toast in the eggs and All these things and i'm like this is so interesting that i find so much joy in like sitting and eating these eggs on a saturday morning and this is like foods that for so many years i'd be like oh well you can have the egg but not the yolk and you can have the toast but not the butter and i didn't really feel like i was missing out on anything because i wasn't paying any attention i was just like that's just what i do like you know if i'm gonna have toast it has to be all these qualifications and then it has to be just the egg whites and that all seemed fine but it was like this neutral Like, I didn't actually have a feeling about it. And now when I sit down to eat something, I'm like, oh, no, like, I really love this. This is great.
1: (laughs) Yes, that was it, you know. And I think for years, like, depending on what diet I was on, like, coffee was something like that for me. I'm like, oh, no, no, nope, I'm not doing coffee right now, I should be quitting that. And then I just finally at one point said, no way. I love it. I love, you know, and I know how much serves me and how much doesn't. So <laughs> it is. It's like you have to really own it. And it feels really powerful to say, I'm eating this, I'm choosing this, I love it, and I'm going to do it. Because I tell my clients all the time, I really believe that, you know, eating one thing while beating yourself up doesn't matter if it's healthy or not. If you're telling yourself, you know, negative thoughts while you're eating it and that you're, you know, not good enough or whatever it is, then and it's not a healthy food anymore.
0: Absolutely. Kelly, how do you put yourself first when you have so many people counting on you? Because not only, I mean, like there's the partner and then there's the four children, but then also there's this business that is totally built on being of service to others. So how do you put yourself first? How do you show up to all of our calls?
1: (laughs) Right, (laughs) I just make it a priority. You know, I really did after I had Taylor and it's on my website too. Like I created a manifesto that was called the Me First Manifesto because I- I love this name me. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Really, I just said it's not selfish. It's not about being selfish. It's about knowing that I want to show up for everybody else, but that if I don't show up for myself first and I am not feeling congruent in my life and I'm not getting what I need, I am no good to anybody else. And so I'm not really doing it for them. I'm really doing it for me because I'm the one who gets to live with myself for my whole entire life. And that was really important. And so for me, like my I don't know. My secret trick is hours in the morning by myself. I've always been a morning person, but I just wake up naturally without an alarm (laughs) before about 5 a.m. And I love to spend like two or three hours all by myself in my house. And if I get that, I'm golden. I can give all day as long as I've got those little times. And that other first, I also go to bed really early. I go to bed before my kids. Sometimes I just ask them all to go get into bed and I go to bed at nine. I just turn out the lights.
0: I love it. So good. In what ways are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? Oh my goodness. All the ways
1: that I just mentioned,
0: (laughs) I know, I
1: know. (laughs) I
0: really do. I just
1: ask for what I need and I make sure to point out to my kids that this is me asking and knowing that Sarah, it is not always perfect. My gosh, by no means am I perfect. And some days they completely fall off the rails and my house is a complete mess some days and some days I'm really good at asking everybody to please just help me pick it up and please give mom a few minutes of quiet time. And, I just, you know, we all compromise. Look at my family as a huge team and I just ask everybody to please help play a role because I'm not carrying everybody.
0: Yes, amen. Okay, Kelly, this has been so fun, so good. Where can people find you and connect with you and get all the goodies? Yeah, so I am okay at social
1: media. I am <laughs> <on Instagram. laughs> I am just being totally honest, yeah. You have some great posts, Thank you. I really do try because I like it and I love to share and I have no problem being vulnerable. I kind of am an open book, but on Instagram I'm kelly.altman, on Facebook I'm Kelly Altman Health Coach and my website is just kellyaltman.com and that's all connects with some of the other programs that I offer and Altman Fitness and the Strong Girls Club and all that good stuff is right there. I love it. Kelly,
0: thank you, thank you. This is like 10 years in the making now. I'm so excited. Thank you for being here. Thank you.